Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day. Uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show, tell them I sent you, and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Hey, you guys, welcome to my Mindful Mondays podcast, all about mind, body, soul. Uh, For several months, I have thought about doing a three-part series on addiction. Opioid addiction has affected my family, alcoholism has, and seems like it's a growing issue. Not only, you guys have probably heard me talk about some of my friends that are battling Adderall addictions and some other addictions, but it's such a problem with families across the country. 
So this next three-part series is going to take a look at opioid addiction and alcohol addiction. Um, the first series, episode one today, is with Nicole Taylor, who's a recovering alcoholic and pill addict. So she's going to be on the podcast. Part two is with a guy named Rob Phillips, who's an interventionist who is amazing, talks about how you can confront family members with addiction. And then lastly, how science is changing addiction, DNA, when people come in for treatment, uh, what that means and looks like. So enjoy the episode and here is Nicole. Um, Nicole, I am so thrilled that you are on the Hey Fresh podcast. You know, I am doing a three-part series all about addiction because not only has addiction touched my family, but it just is, we're hearing so much more about it, whether it's Recently, I was reading a story that more American adults than ever are abusing alcohol. Of course, the opioid epidemic is crazy and affecting so many people. But I wanted to have you on because you have been six years sober, correct? Correct. And tell us about your story. You're 27 years old now. You got sober when you were 21. um, But you have a very powerful story of how you got to sobriety. So can you kind of tell us, like how you started using and uh, and drinking and where the addiction went. You know, since I've gotten sober, one of my biggest things is that I want to give back. You know, that's the thing that means the most importance to me because if people didn't help me out, I wouldn't be here today. And, you know, a lot of my story revolves around a lot of loss and just emotional disconnect. Um, even at a young age, like I really didn't know who I was. I had no self-identity. Um, I felt inferior to everyone else. Okay. But I was really good at wearing masks, just, you know, having that kind of competitive nature. Like I wanted to show everyone wrong. I wanted to prove everyone wrong that I was different than everyone else. And actually like the first time, um, my first time actually drinking was when I was 15 years old and I went 12 shots in a row of $5 handle of vodka. Holy and shit. Oh my vodka. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vodka that's worth $5 oh. is basically rubbing alcohol and gasoline and uh, it's kind of like one of those things where if you burp near an open flame, the whole house is going up. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And at 15 years old, you know, I'm, you know, about 118 pounds soaking wet and I do 12 shots in a row. I just wanted to feel like I was, I belonged and it wasn't peer pressured. I, I told them to do it and they were laughing at first. Like, Oh no, you can't do that. Like you shouldn't do that. I'm like, no, do it because I'll show you that I can. Oh my God. And, you know, of course, this is, sorry. Yeah, no, of course this is, you know, one of those days where, or the time of um, you know, generational where we didn't have the good Samaritan law that we see today that if you're doing something illegal and someone's in trouble and it's a life or death situation that you can call 911 and no one will get in trouble just to save that person's life. We didn't have that. Mm. And I ended up overdosing on alcohol at 15. Wow. And, you know, um, you and I had, had talked before, um, you know, we did this interview and you had said, like you'd said, it, that even though your friends knew that was just such a dangerous situation, what happened, but right after that, it didn't even register, right, for you? No, not at all. And that was the most insane part. I mean, I remember kind of being in and out of a blackout. Um, you know, I, I would hear them say, like, should we call 911? Is she breathing? Nikki, please drink this. Um, and I'm hearing this in and out, and then I just remember nothing. I just went into complete darkness. And I woke up 
um, you know, half clothes, of course, because apparently I vomited everywhere all over myself. I was on my stomach because I was consistently vomiting. Mm. I was on garbage bags and towels and blankets, and I walked downstairs. I fell down a flight of stairs looking for my phone. I was coming back up. I fell up a flight of stairs, coming back upstairs. Wow. And so now kind of fast forward for us, obviously after that experience, what did your, what did your parents say or do? And then of course, um, we know that your story, you continued to drink after that for, for a while, but what happened? Like, what did your parents say? My parents, uh, you know, my parents are very loving. There's this huge stigma out there that you have to be raised in an abusive household or drugs or alcohol are constantly around you or your parents are neglectful for you to become an addict alcoholic. And that stigma, like I'm a walking proof that that's not exactly true all the time. Yeah. Um, my parents were extremely loving, extremely supportive, um, you know, but my mom also knew a lot about addiction and alcoholism. She's actually been working at the rehab that I work at for the last 25 years. Wow. So I was technically brought up in a rehab. No, it's so true. It's so true. And and I've, I've been very open. And my brother has been on this podcast, too. And he's seven years sober at, through AA and the program. And same thing. We had a great, you know, we had a great childhood. Our dad did pass away when we were in high school. And that really had such a big emotional effect on us. But, um, but neither one of our parents ever drank or used drugs in front you know we never grew up around that so it is there is that stigma you know and and the reality is is it's happening to uh men women kids you know people from all different backgrounds are being getting addicted to opioids or having an issue with alcohol so take us through the next couple years post you know you're 15 you graduate from high school you go on take us through those years of what your addiction looked like yeah, no, I mean, I, I was really good at hiding my addiction. Um, that was the one thing. I never wanted to disappoint my parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, deep down, I, I really knew that what I was doing wasn't right, or at least not normal. Um, and I, I had to really find ways around, you know, not drinking. Like, my parents were aware that maybe, like, if I had a beer at home, you know, at my high school graduation, like, afterwards, like, they were happy that I was home, I wasn't driving, they knew I was safe, like, they didn't see it as a problem because the way I would portray myself in front of them was that there was no problem. I was innocently, you know, testing the waters. And, uh, you know, when I graduated high school, I, I really felt like New Jersey was the problem, um, you know, because a lot of situations were happening. Um, you know, my junior year of high school, I was at my first high school party and I blacked out and I actually was sexually assaulted at the party. Um, my senior year, I was dating someone who was extremely abusive and it just, all of these emotional turmoils were happening to me at such a young age that I thought it was New Jersey was the problem. Wow. So I decided to go to college in Boston. Okay. I decided to go four and a half hours of north. Um, and of course, I'm Irish and Italian too. So, you know, what better Irish alcoholic should go to Boston? You know, <laughs> that was smart planning on me. Um, but yep. I, I got into Suffolk University in Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, I was going for a clinical psychology and a minor in criminal justice. And um, no, my freshman year, um, I moved in and I was just getting adjusted. And again, I had to start all over with that whole wearing a mask, acting like I was comfortable. But in reality, I was, you know, four and a half hours from home, very uncomfortable. And so I, I got alcohol. And at the time, you know, my relationship was with someone I was in. They were actually 21 at the time. They were going to school in Northeastern, so they were able to provide me my alcohol that I needed. And within my first year at Suffolk, I got caught five times with alcohol in my room. 
Um, you know, it was just, I, I was very close to failing out of school my first semester just because of how I was acting outside of class. So did you get through college? What ended up happening there? Then my junior year, I said, you know, the dorm's not for me. I'm going to go off campus. And I got a apartment with four other girls in East Boston. And this was a time where we were all now in, you know, 20, 21 years old. We were right next door to a liquor store. Um, you know, all my friends that I was living with were all partiers. And I was far enough away from classes where in my head, if it was too cold or if I was too hungover or not feeling well, I didn't have to go to class. I would make up some excuse. I would email my teachers at five in the morning when I was going to bed saying, oh, I've been up all night throwing up. I really don't feel well. You know, I would go to the urgent care that was right next to my apartment and I would, you know, you know, at an in and out urgent care, they really don't ask too many questions. Okay. So they would just be like, oh, okay, like that sounds horrible. It sounds like you have this, this, and this, prescribe me some stuff. Um, and then send me on my way with a note saying, yes, she's very sick. You know, this may be a possibility. She may be anemic. She may be this. And now I'm getting prescribed prescription pills on top of it to fix whatever the problem they think it is, where it's just continuing the cycle of my addiction. So tell us about like what your turning point was, because you had said to me that you actually had detoxed three times before you really got sober, correct? Correct. Honestly, my junior year of college was my biggest downfall. It was a, a year and a half from, from the time my junior year started when I moved into my apartment until I got sober. Um, it was just a year and a half of complete pain and misery. Um, at this point, I got into a minor car crash, actually moving into my apartment. Um, and I played it up because I wanted the pills that came along with it. And I was prescribed, you know, um, different pain medications. And again, it was through an urgent care. And I started learning the system of how to manipulate, you know, hospitals and doctors and just getting those prescriptions. My, my Honestly, like for me, my drug dealer was doctors for a while. Wow. Yeah, that's um, crazy. You know, mixed with the alcohol. By the time my junior year came around, I was 20 years old. I was 120 pounds. And I was able to drink almost a half a handle of 151 by myself. Like wow. that was my tolerance. I really don't know how I, I was able to keep that up and not die. You know, my, my biggest turning point was uh, I started dating someone um, this summer going into my junior year, and he was in recovery. He was a recovering heroin addict. Uh, he was right out of rehab, and he was going away to a halfway house. And, you know, we knew each other through mutual friends, and uh, he lived a little bit farther south than me. He lived near the shore, and so... When we got in touch, I said, well, I'm going back to Boston, and we exchanged numbers, and we started dating, just talking every once in a while. Like, he was in a halfway house. He was calling me, like, every every single day just to check in, see how things were going. Um, and then about three months down the road, he actually got kicked out of the halfway house for taking one Oxycontin pill um, mm -hmm. when he was on a weekend pass. So he actually ended up saying like, you know, I want to come visit you. I was like, that's, that's wonderful. Come visit me. That's great. And, uh, he came right like the next day, got a bus ticket. He shot up to Boston. He stayed with me for almost two months. Um, he came up to stay with me. And I, at this time I had no idea that the, the differences or the similarities between addicts and alcoholics. I thought an mm. alcoholic was alcohol an addict was drugs. Like I didn't understand that there was actually you know, a blend between the two. So I'm thinking, hey, he's a heroin addict. 
but he can still drink with me because that's all I cared about. You know, I enabled his drinking because I wanted a drinking buddy. Wow. And, you know, after he was there for two months, we returned to New Jersey for Thanksgiving and he found out he had a warrant out for his arrest. Mm. And he turned himself in and was incarcerated for eight months in Tom's River Jail. And in that eight months, I I just had a complete spiral. Um, You know, I lost my moral compass. Mm-hmm. I lost someone that could identify with me and who like I loved and I wanted to, you know, start my life with this person. And, you know, and, and it was just in the midst of the chaos of everything, you know, the stress of school and working and, and friendships and dealing with the police and the fights and, you know, going in and out of the hospital and stuff. Um, I actually had this very short aha moment, like thinking, well, maybe I am drinking too much. You know, maybe there is something that's happening. And I remember calling my mom and it was about seven in the morning. I may have only slept for about 20 minutes. Okay. And I called her crying. I called her crying just saying, you know, mom, I I think I have a problem. And she told me, well, call that, you know, that hotline, the family show on TV, (laughs) see what's going on, like talk to them and, you know, get some answers. And I was like, okay. So I called this hotline and they're basically like, after telling my last 24 hours of what I did, they were about to send like the meat wagon to my house and ship me off to Florida. <laughs> and I just remember hanging up on them real quick and saying, no, 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 I'm good. Okay. False alarm. Wow. Um, but I called my mom back and she said, try, try a meeting, go to an AA meeting. And I had this foxhole prayer moment. You know, we always talk about this at the brink of desperation. We pray to a God that we don't believe in. And I was that I was an agnostic. I didn't believe in any spiritual beings, whatever. But I had this, this monumental prayer moment where I was just like, you know what, God, if you do exist, make this meeting completely identifiable. Let me walk in, feel like I belong with my head held high, and I'll stay. I promise you I'll stop drinking. We'll make this work. And I walked into an all-male gay AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> Needless to say, I took that as a sign from God that I wasn't an alcoholic. <laughs> what? And then tell us, like, what that moment was that it did stick, that that things started to change. Basically, what happened was I, I came, my, my mom had this idea that maybe it was school. Maybe it was me being away from home and, you know, Kyle being in jail and all of these things that, I, you know, all these stressors that are causing this, you know. So she said, why don't you take a, a break from school? Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. 
10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I I feel like I'm going to have to get a caller driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani podcast. Enjoy. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby. Every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS. TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. 
Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it, and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon, or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Frasier 20. That's F-R-A-S-E-R. The number's two zero. And just come home, you know, take a semester off. And I was like, you know what? That sounds actually like a good idea. I came home from school and, you know, I started working and I was, you know, just trying to take it easy. And I was still drinking. Like I wasn't drinking as much as I was in Boston, but it was still a daily drink. I still had to continue my habits. I wasn't shaking. And um, my boyfriend ended up getting out of jail. And I remember the first time I went down to see him and I drove down and, you know, we're spending time together and immediately it was like, you know, hey, honey, it's so good to see you after eight months. Let's go to the bar, Mm. you know, and it just went off like that. Like every like we spent two nights together the first time I saw him in eight months and we were drinking the whole time and hanging out with his friends and being in the basement and, you know, smoking weed and doing all this stuff. And um, after that weekend, I remember we had a talk and I said, you know what, I'll, I'll come right before 4th of July weekend. He's like, that's great. That sounds good. Um, make it after the 4th because I work. And I'm like, that's great. Like, he's like, yeah, I'll call you on Thursday and we'll figure it out. So Thursday came around and I didn't hear from him. Um, Friday came around, didn't hear from him. Saturday, I'm starting to get really annoyed and I'm starting to get panicky because I did a lot of bad things um, the eight months he's gone in jail. Um, you know, I wasn't faithful. Sure. I was unfaithful in blackout situations. Um, again, I was like sexually assaulted multiple times by different people when I was, you know, in, in you know the state of desperation and, and blackout. Mm. But um, around 3 a.m., I just had this feeling like I need to say something to him. So I called him and I left him a voicemail and I said. I don't know why you're mad at me. Um, I don't know what I did wrong, but I just wanted to say I love you. And I really hope we can, you know, see each other soon. Like maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow and we can get together next week. And so the next morning came around, it was about nine in the morning and I got a call and I saw his last name pop up. So I answered and I'm, you know, immediately annoyed. Like, where have you been? And it was his mom. And she said, you know, sweetie, where are you? And I said, I'm, I'm in my bed, I'm home, why? And she said, Kyle had an overdose. He's in the hospital. Mm. And I just remember saying, oh, my God, like, is he okay? I'll be right there. And she said, no, honey, we lost him. Wow. And in that moment, my my entire world stopped. You know, he was 23 years old. Uh, He was sober for eight months. He drank all the night before and in a blackout went out bought three bags of heroin, shot up one, and choked on his own vomit in his best friend's bathroom. And, uh, you know, I went on a run from July 9th until the 28th of 2012, where I have an entire month that was completely wiped from my memory. I have have no idea what happened, what I did, um, what harm was done to myself or others. And uh, so my biggest turning point was you know, on, on July 28th, I got into a big fight with my mom. She took me to Philadelphia to just get me out of my health, my head, you know, get me out of the house. She, she's dealing with a, her daughter who just lost her boyfriend. She has no idea how to, how to comfort that. And uh, 
which takes me to Philadelphia for mom-daughter trip. And of course, I find someone I know that's staying in one of the college dorms who, you know, I can drink with because I needed to find that first. And I, you know, manipulate the situation saying, why don't we stay here, you know, with my friend? You know him, like, he's been friends with me since high school. And so she was willing to do that, stay overnight, let me go out, have fun with my friends, thinking it'll it'll help the healing process. Hmm. And she's like, yeah, I'll see you around, like, maybe 11, you know, 11 o'clock midnight. I'm like, that's great. And I, uh, I had to get carried into the dorm at 5 a.m. Wow. And my mom was up waiting crying thinking that you know something happened to me because i wasn't answering my phone and i literally was being carried and dragged into the dorm and my mom just looks at my friend and said where's my daughter and he actually panicked at first he like looked at me like is this did i grab the right girl and uh he looked at me and looked at her he's like this this is nikki you know this is your daughter and she's like no i've seen my daughter drunk i'm pretty sure i've seen her high i've seen her a complete basket case wreck at her boyfriend's funeral this girl is not my daughter. Yeah, that was that was probably the most heartbreaking thing, having my mom feel that way towards me. I, I didn't care about anything. I didn't feel anything. And I took the car and I got a call from my friend Paul. And he just, he was actually close with my boyfriend that passed away. They both got sober the same day. They were supposed to be celebrating a year the day my boyfriend died. And he called out of nowhere and just said, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm done. I want to get high. I want to get drunk. I want to just get blocked out. I don't want to know what's going on because I'm really close to just crashing my car into a tree right now and ending this. I'm done. And he said, why don't you come over to my house? You know, and and, and my first thought is, boo, free beer, free something. You know, maybe he'll just numb me out. And uh, I get there, and all I see are NA key tags and big books and recovery literature. And I immediately say, oh, my God, this is a trap. And he takes my keys and my phone and says, you know, I'm, t- I'm going to tell your mom that you're here, and you're going to stay with me until you go through withdrawal and you make sure that you're safe and that you don't want to use anymore. I, I honestly owe my life to him, you know, and we say this is a we program that we just offer our hands and, you know, stretch it out to help another fellow alcoholic or an addict or someone that's suffering. But like, and he, he never likes to take, you know, that responsibility that he helped me that much. But I tell him every year when we celebrate together that he, I owe, I owe my life to him. Uh, unbelievable unbelievable and from that point you know you end up staying sober this time and you uh work a program and you know here you are six years later um tell tell us like how has it been in those six years was it at i mean you obviously were ready to receive the message but over those six years has it been hard to not go back to drinking or using What's that been like? I can tell you right now that in these six years, I have had the most chaos, the most change, the most um, difficult situations that baffle most people. And I have found it unnecessary to pick up a drink or a drug in those six years. Um, wow. I've, I've been through, uh, I, at 90 days sober, I found out I was pregnant. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, when they tell you not to get into early sobriety relationships, they're pretty right. Um, <laughs> I am the poster child for what not to do in early recovery. Um, oh my gosh. So uh, then you became yeah. a mom. That's unreal. That's a lot of stress. Yeah. But, you know, I, I met my, my son's father 
in uh, in the rooms. And, you know, it, unfortunately for us, it didn't work out, um, you know, relationship-wise. But, you know, we brought in this amazing child into the world. Like, my son is my entire world. Uh, his birthday is July 10th, 2013. And my sobriety date is July 28th, 2012. Oh so my God. I got to bring him into the world. And two weeks later, I, I walked up with him in my arms for my one-year coin. And it was, you know, beautiful. Yes. Yes, that is beautiful. And I love, I mean, Nicole, now you dedicate your life to helping other men and women get sober. Tell us about that. Where do you work? How, you know, how do people come in? Um, and it's it's just so life-changing. And I said this to you on the phone before we did the interview, but my brother has been seven years sober. And it's amazing when he's... I know. And it's amazing when he says to me and to other people mm-hmm. that he works with, is he never knew how good life could be sober. You know, and I think that's just such a powerful thing because it's true. It's like you really don't. It's so amazing how good life is when you um, deal with those emotional things and you are sober. And so it's the greatest gift. Today, I work for American Addiction Centers. I'm actually the alumni coordinator out of Sunrise House in Lafayette, New Jersey. And, you know, I'm sure you I'm sure you know that the the heroin epidemic is astounding in New Jersey. Mm. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I have this, this great honor to take so many men and women, you know, that take their hands after they leave our program and be able to say, here's what the gifts of recovery gave me, and this is what they can give you too. Like, I, I get to run groups with them while they're inpatient, you know, and just doing basic recovery tools, showing that recovery is fun and you don't need a drink or a drug in your system just to have fun and enjoy life. And not wanting to die when your time's not ready yet, like, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing feat in itself when you have that hope and that spark and you see it in their eyes. And, Nicole, American Addiction Centers is across the country, um, so there's, there is different locations. Uh, where can people find out more information about that and reach out to you? They can actually uh, visit our website for American Addiction Centers. Um, we actually have our own portal. So you're able to see our alumni website. We have a team of alumni coordinators that are across the country. And we're all in recovery ourselves. Uh, we're available, basically, I'm available 24-7. Okay. So if they want to get into more, more information for our alumni, they can visit aacalumni.com. Nicole, that is terrific. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and sharing your incredible and inspiring story. And just amazing to hear you're sober and, you know, all the great, great work that you do. So thank you. Thank you, Sarah, so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk about this. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you are enjoying. This was part one. It's a three-part series looking at addiction. Next week will be the intervention. And then the third week, we'll be talking about the science that is helping addicts, uh, including DNA, which is pretty fascinating. Um, Also, if you're local in the D.C. area and you need immediate help, if you need help that you feel like you have an addiction issue or you know someone that does, you can call 888 892-2312 and you can also go to the website aac.to slash Gina. Gina is a friend of the show and she will definitely um, help you or family member immediately. The number is 888-892-2312 Love you guys. Thanks for listening and be sure to head to iTunes and leave me a review. Hit five stars. Tell me what you love about the Hey Fresh podcast. We'll see you next week.